Well, welcome to the new normal, guys. I'm here in my house, and and I don't know where you're watching this this uh, broadcast from. Whether you're in your living room, in your bedroom, in the kitchen, or wherever you're tuning in from, we are glad that you're spending your Sunday uh, with us for this online experience. It's 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 good. It's great that we can do this even during these questionable and challenging times. You know, uh, over the last few weeks, if you have been coming and and tuning in. Uh, for our online experience, we have been journeying and discussing and talking about the importance of guarding our heart and protecting our soul. And, and it's, it's such a timely conversation for all of us to have. You know, I don't know what you are missing during these lockdowns, um, but, but one of the things that I have been really missing is uh, just getting out for a drive. I don't know uh, if you guys love doing that, but there was this, this time in, 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 in our life and Julie and my, uh, uh, where Dewey and me, we used to love going out for, for these random drives and these random bike rides, right? And, and I miss that. Why don't you, what's the, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you, when you think about the lockdown and the things that you miss? You know, while I was thinking about that, um, I remember one of these drives that, that we had just sneaked out uh, out of the city and we decided to go to, uh, I think uh, it was Ambiwali, and uh, found out, we reached the gate and we found out that, hey, we can't enter that place because we need a whole bunch of permissions and invites and whatnot to get into it. And, and we kind of took a detour and um, we, we ended up in this, in this amazing uh, star property out of nowhere. But what I remember about that is the drive to, to get to that place. It was one of the most unexpected, it was one of the most random drives that we have ever experienced. And, and the best part of it was the journey that we, that we took to get to that place has got so many, so much and so many memories for Jui and me. The, the, the thing that I'm trying to get all of us to think is, today my, my conversation with you, or my talk with you, is based on this one simple thought. The parts that we take shape the nature and the health of our hearts. I want to say that again to you. The parts that we take shape the nature and the health of our hearts. And, and you see, while we are talking and, and discussing about the heart and the soul, one of the most severe stumbling blocks for a Christ follower is pride. That's right. You heard it right. It's pride. And, and once pride has taken a firm grip of your heart, it does not let go easily. See, the thing is, I'm sure you would know this. Pride is universal. And, it, and it's something that we all deal with. Now, I don't know if you, if you, if you like to accept that, that fact or accept that truth. Sometimes we, we may not even accept it or acknowledge it, but pride is all around us. Or maybe sometimes it's even within us. See, and, and while I was doing some reading, I, um, I'm sure you, some of you would know this, I came across these two segments of pride, and you know, I want to just break it down so that we know what we're getting into uh, in the next few minutes. Healthy pride is something that we have done well. You know, this, is, this kind of pride is, is not boastful, it's, it's not self-centered, but it's a feeling of satisfaction over what we have accomplished. One of the recent accomplishments that I've had uh, over, uh, in the last week was cooking a meal uh, during Jui's birthday. 
I, I love that time because I think I got into, into the kitchen after a really long time to not just finish up some kitchen duties, but I got into the kitchen after a really long time and enjoyed making whatever I made. And, and I think it turned out to be a pretty good meal. And, and you know, so, so that's the kind of satisfaction that we get when we have accomplished something. I, I don't know about you, but I hope you guys have accomplished something during these times of lockdown as well. I hope there's a sense of not just regret and not just missing out on things, but also a sense of satisfaction. Whether, whether it's spending time with your family, whether it's learning something new, or I don't know what it is, but I hope there is that sense of satisfaction. And, and that is pretty much what a healthy pride would look like. Another example for, for you and me is the fact that when Elia started speaking and when she spoke her first ever sentence, I mean, that we felt so good about it. We felt so, we, we were so overwhelmed, we were so happy about it. But as, as much as that is a healthy pride, you know, uh, there's, there's something that the Bible continually talks about when it comes to the, the topic of pride, and that is something, an unhealthy or a sinful pride. And that is the kind of pride that, that the Bible condemns. And that is the kind of pride that is far different from what I was, we have been talking about just a few seconds ago. Sinful pride is self-centered and boastful. Sinful pride makes us take credit for everything that we are and, and everything that we do. I'm sure, I'm sure you, you, you know a few people who kind of you know, follow this kind of lifestyle or you, get, you don't like hanging out with these kind of people because they're just so full of themselves. Instead of realizing that, that we as humans are dependent on God, in our pride, we ignore God and believe that we can get along with Him. That's what sinful pride makes us believe. An unhealthy pride gives us like an elevated view of ourselves, which is not even true. So, I believe while we are on this topic of taking care of our heart, it's so timely and it's so important that we address the matter of pride in our lives. So, I want to share with you a few symptoms that help us indicate the sinful and unhealthy pride in our lives. And I believe this talk is going to really set some of you free. This talk is going to liberate some of you. This talk is going to encourage. This talk is going to, you know, really refresh and renew your hearts. Because because God has been challenging me to share something uh, over the last few weeks as I've been preparing uh, for this evening. I want to talk to you about some insights and some real life examples as to how God helped me tackle the pride in my life. And, and I think there's no better way to, to talk about this topic than to just help kind of, you know, just lay certain learnings uh, just in front of all of us so that we all can learn together. So come on, this is, this is, this is not going to be a, uh, uh, as easy as I thought it's going to be. I, when I was prepping this, this, this morning for this talk, I told uh, Julie that, hey, I'm a bit nervous about talking about a few things that I'm going to be sharing. But I know this is important. So let's pray. God, I just want to pray for every single person viewing this or listening to this. I pray 
that their hearts would be receptive. I pray, Lord, that you would take away every distraction, Lord, every unwanted tab that is open right now, Lord, that is distracting every notification that might be distracting them. Father, we pray, let our hearts be receptive to what your Holy Spirit wants to speak to us right now. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. There are many instances in our lives where we have given in to fear and we have been insecure. I'm sure if I have to ask you to list them down, you would have at least a few that you remember on the top of your mind. And, and I don't know about you, but in my earlier days, uh, I, have, I have not just given in to fear and insecurity, but at times I've even sympathized with, uh, with fear and insecurity. I don't know if you guys have been there where you, where you kind of, you know, you just tend to find the best possible excuse as to why you're really afraid. You tend to find the best possible excuse as to why you're really feeling insecure. And, and sometimes you become so immune to those thoughts that, that you try to, to sympathize with whatever is happening in your life. But, but the truth for a person who believes in Jesus Christ is that we are to live a life of faith and not fear. The truth for a person who believes in Jesus Christ is that our identity and our lives are secured in the person of Christ and His eternal Word. But then, we are still lingering in fear and insecurity. Our hearts, when, when we still linger in fear and insecurity, our hearts are working in a totally contrary manner to what Jesus has to say about us and how Jesus has modeled faith for us. You may not like to hear this, but pride is at the root of fear and insecurity when we refuse to humbly rest in God's sovereign care. Our fear causes our faith to take a back seat and, and we get caught up with focusing on ourselves rather than focusing on God. And I remember my, my initial life journey as a kid was a fear and, and insecurity because of the continuous episodes of, of child sexual abuse. And, and I grew up in fear, I grew up in rejection, and I grew up in resentment, and I was totally insecure and clueless about my identity and about my purpose in life. And it's in those moments where I began my personal relationship with Jesus, which was more than just attending any Sunday gathering. It was more than just singing a bunch of songs, and it was more about, you know, just praying like any kind of routine or like a ritual. It was life transformational. My experience with, with Jesus Christ was life transformational. And, and as I started exploring my life according to words of Jesus, I realized my worth. I realized my true security and my purpose in life. But, but as much as this, sound this sounds exciting, here comes the real part. That's where it went a bit off track again. That's where my life went a bit off track again. And I realized that God had approved of me, but I was still wanting people to approve of me as well. I don't know if you have ever been in that place, but, but I fell into the trap of human approval and entitlement. And that's, a, that's the second thing that I want us to, to really understand about pride, is that, is that 
we go after human entitlement human approval and entitlement see when we when we start gaining a bit more experiences and and opportunities in life we deceive ourselves into this thinking that we are better than the rest we we deserve more than what we have and and we are better than the rest we think we deserve people's praise we think we deserve the love we think we deserve the success we think we deserve the comfort and those milestones that we strive towards and and if that was not enough we we certainly we certainly don't think we deserve suffering we certainly don't think we deserve the heartbreaks we certainly don't think that we deserve the discipline and when we go through tough and challenging moments we get bitter we get frustrated and we get disturbed because we think we are entitled for more we forget that apart from jesus we are rebels who deserve only condemnation i'm not saying that the core message of the gospel is that we are not entitled for anything except just punishments for our sins and our wrong doings if you turn with me to romans uh, chapter 3 and verse 23 and i'm reading from the from the nkjv version it says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god Paul is is presenting this in in such a beautiful way he even goes ahead and says in in Romans 6 uh, 23 uh, uh, where he's talking and he says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord thank God for his saving grace that rescues us from the grip of death and from the grip of sin but you know coming back to my story you know as as i was growing in my journey of christian faith i gave into this thought of the need for human approval and people pleasing and what i want you to know about the 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 burden or the load of people pleasing is that people pleasing is all about self satisfaction where we fear man more than we fear God See when you take decisions and steps just for the heck of it or try to fit in and and gain approval amongst your peers is when you need to really think and rethink as to why you're taking those decisions because to a certain extent you are making those decisions just to please the people around you and and when i realized what was happening with me because of the past experiences of rejection what I, what i realized is sometimes we are too quick to move on from the hurt and the pain that god wants us that god wants to heal and rectify in our lives you know but just moving on to the next thing is not always the apt or the right thing to do though i had accepted christ as my personal savior I did not allow him to heal the hurt and the pain of rejection and resentment in my life. And the result of that was entitlement. The result of that was was looking for a constant human approval and and this is what happens. Entitlement is rooted in a prideful heart. Entitlement is rooted in a prideful heart. And at this point as 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 you given constantly to the burden 
and of, of human approval constantly to the burden of feeling entitlement or, or feeling entitled. And as the pride keeps growing on you, at this point is where we begin to abuse the grace of God that has been lavished over our lives and start living in secret rebellion to God. Most of the times, we are not even aware of it. Most of the times, we are not even aware of it because, you see, rebellion is a reflex of a prideful heart. Rebellion is a reflex of a prideful heart. And, and at the core of it, rebellion is a deliberate resistance to the truth of God's word and the wise counsel of leaders. I want you to hear this, Zealous. Rebellion is a deliberate resistance to the truth of God's word and the wise counsel of leaders. And, and it kind of reflects in, in, in your lack of in our lack of submission to our family relationships, to, to our employers and your leaders, and basically anyone who is put above you, it, it reflects in that. You know, in the context of a relationship with God, it's basically you and me trying to say, God, I know better than you. Have you ever said that? Well, you may not have said those exact words, but let me tell you something. Our, our actions... And our responses in life pretty much end up saying the same thing without us actually uttering those words. And, and I, I can say that because that, were, that is what was happening with me. I may not have said those exact words out of my mouth, but my actions were saying those words even louder. And, and, the, and, and this, is, this is a bit of a tricky one, okay? So, so listen to me carefully. The problem with the problem of pride... The problem with the problem of pride is that you can miss it too easily. You can miss it too easily. See, the thing is, it's so easy and, and convenient for us to identify the wrongs in other people. It's so convenient and it's so easy to identify the pride in other people. But, but when it comes to yourself, you can miss it so easily. And, and on the outset, you make it look like everything is okay in your life. Everything is going fine. But deep down in your heart, you know that there is a war that is raging. You know that there is a chaos and there's a war that's raging in your heart. And I want you to hear this. I want you to really hear this. Jesus has redeemed humanity through his unconditional love. He has done it. His sacrifice, his life, his death, and his resurrection on the cross has redeemed our humanity. But we cannot experience the unconditional love in our hearts if our hearts are gripped with pride. We cannot experience, the, the, like the Bible says, the agape, the unconditional love of God, if our hearts are gripped with pride. See, since the beginning of time, God has been very clear of his hatred towards pride and rebellion, which led to the fall of humanity in the first place. So you see, it, it, as, as much as I was growing uh, and, and becoming more aware of the truth of God and the purposes of God in my life, there was also this hidden and unsurfaced pride that was growing along too. So far, I've, I've kind of just helped you understand three aspects and three symptoms that kind of, you know, start building pride in your lives and in your hearts. Fear and insecurity, 
human approvals, and secret rebellion. But I want to tell you something. And this is, this, is, this is where things got really better and real for me. There were a few radical God moments that really helped me deal with my struggles in these three areas. There were some really great radical moments which I treasure, which I remember till this very day, which helped me deal with my issue of pride. It happened in, in, in various timelines, and it happened in various inst uh, instances, but I remember there was one common thing in all these three experiences and these three God moments, is that I, I allowed my heart, and I allowed my heart to experience the grace of God in a place of brokenness and in a place of humility. I allowed myself to experience the grace of God in a place of brokenness and in a place of humility. And you see, the Bible is very clear about this principle. Humility precedes grace. Humility precedes grace. You know, that's why James says it in, in his, uh, James chapter 4 and verse 6. He says, but he gives more grace. Can you say that with me? Or can you type that out, guys? Come on. He gives more grace. He said, therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. See, the thing is, Jesus is the best role model for humility. The life that he lived the life that he lived in the form of man and the sacrifice that he made was, was keeping all of us in mind. He did not boast about his authority or his supremacy over humanity, you know. When he was alive, he did nothing of that. But he chose to sway people's hearts and minds with love rather than with power. I'm going to refer to, to one of one of Paul's address to the community of, uh, of Philippi where, where he says and he gives a, a such a beautiful representation that helps you and me know the kind of humility that Jesus modeled for you and me so that we can live by that kind of life. If you turn with me to Philippians 2, we're reading from verse 3 onwards in the, uh, and this is the Passion Translation. This is what he says, Be free from pride-filled opinions. For they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts. But in authentic humility, put others first. And view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality of God as his supreme prize. Instead, can everybody say that? Instead, instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. 
And because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. What a beautiful representation of the humility that Jesus, the creator of the universe, the Lord and Savior of humanity, the God modeled for us. You'd have heard, if, if, you, if, you, if you have tried or attempted to practice a life of humility or, or being humble, you know, you, you'd have heard one of these definitions and, and I, I love this one. Um, if you've never heard this, I want you to hear this well. Humility is not thinking of yourself as less, unworthy or not good enough, but thinking less of yourself. You see, we're talking about pride and, and we, we are, we're not talking about humility. While pride kills and destroys, humility builds us up. We need to realize that, that this truth about humility, uh, when, when we want to eradicate the pride in our lives, we cannot deal with pride in our, in our own strength. And, and we certainly cannot do that by just, by just quoting a few scriptures and, and just by trying to attend Sunday gatherings after Sunday gatherings. That's not how it works. A posture of humility, a posture of humility accelerates the death of pride in our hearts. And the only way to build a life of humility is to live like Jesus. I want you to say this again. The only way to build a life of humility is to live like Jesus. You know, research says this. It's been proven. It's been tested. That if you tend, you, you are the average of the five people closest in your life. Have you, have you heard that one before? It's been proven that you tend to become like the people you spend your time with. So if you, if you spend time with, with leaders and with visionaries and great thinkers, it helps add more direction and purpose to your life, right? If you, if you spend time with more cheerful and, and joyful people, you are more happy and you're more cheerful. But if you desire more humility in your life, you need to spend more time with Jesus. If you desire humility in your life, you need to spend more time with Jesus. That's where it's, it's in the person and it's in the presence of Jesus. We learn to shift our focus from ourselves and we learn to focus on him. We become more selfless than selfish. We, we, we are more life-giving than just rude and arrogant. We are more secure than just battling the insecurities within ourselves. And, and we are filled with faith. We are filled with faith and we are filled with hope rather than just being anxious all day. It's in the person and in the presence of Jesus where we learn what true humility looks like. See, the path of genuine humility is free from the barriers of pride. The path of genuine humility is free from the barriers of pride. So I want to ask you this as we close out. Are you still going to try and to, are you still going to try to figure out things in your own capacity? Not realizing that you may have given room for hidden pride in your hearts. Because that's what fear and anxiety does. 
Or are you willing to allow yourself to take the path of humility? And are you willing to allow Jesus to lead you and allow Jesus to guide you in every step and every decision of your life? I want to ask you for a moment to reflect on this. Or maybe even ask God to, to forgive you for the path of, of self-dependence. To forgive you for the path of, of, of self-reliance that you have set yourself on. The path that we need to set ourselves up on is a path of loving and trusting Jesus. The path that we need to set ourselves up on is giving our lives in the hands of the creator of the universe and trusting him and believing him that as we put our faith in him, he is the one who's going to bring out the best version of ourselves, zealous. The path of genuine humility is free from the barriers of pride. We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at Zealous Pune or visit us online at zealous.community.